Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from radio talk show host, national speaker, and best-selling author, Susie Larson, along with her Thrive co MC Amber Gersman, who is a wife, mom, minister, and Bridging the Gap advisor with her master's in theological studies. We are excited to share this conversation with Susie, Amber, and our podcast host, McKelty Bloom, where you will hear about pursuing God and His Word. Spending time in the Word brings a peace and sturdiness to your life. Susie and Amber share practical steps to pursuing God's Word and how this may look different in different seasons. We hope you enjoy this podcast for doing this Mm -hmm. thank you for Mm -hmm. doing this Mm -hmm. it's always such a treat to be able to sit down and when we were thinking you had said yes to the podcast and we're like what if amber joined in too and we just talked about the theme of pursuit and the whole theme of the conference like that would be really cool yeah so we'll just jump right in Susie, amber welcome to the podcast thank you so honored to be with you and so fun to be here with my co-mc amber so how fun we're officially here at thrive i feel like we were just here like what a blur this Mm -hmm. year has been Uh (laughs) but so good oh yeah and i like i just alluded to like i was so excited to sit with you guys and just talk more about thrive and pursuit like the really diving into the theme today but before we jumped into that i wanted to give you guys just a chance to introduce yourselves and then we'll kind of take it from there Susie, do you want to go first sure just because i'm the oldest but that's okay <laughs> i know you're gonna say that been married to the love of my life kevin for 38 years mm-hmm. have three grown sons who all married and one of our sons has three grandchildren and uh, we're praying for our oldest son and he and his wife given us permission to share but they've been battling infertility for about seven years so we're we feel like we're on the cusp of a miracle with them and mm-hmm. love anybody that has the heart to pray mm-hmm. to pray because they are going to be great great parents mm-hmm. so um, I work full-time in radio I started out as an author and then a speaker um, I released my first book in 2000 and then a number of years in God opened the door on radio and that just became the bigger part of Mm -hmm. my day. Mm -hmm. So I work full time in radio and then I write and then speak on the side, so to speak. And uh, I don't leave home without my hubby. We're empty nesters. So we just have a rule that if I go, he goes. If he stays, I stay. And we love that. It keeps us strong. Mm -hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. And Amber, awesome. you're new to the podcast. Yeah. Hi, so everybody. introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my name is Amber Gersman. I'm from Fergus Falls, Minnesota. I have five kids married to Trevor. We've been married for, okay, now I have to do math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost 16 years, 15 years right now. Um, he works in construction and with Habitat for Humanity, and I stay home with my kids. Um, I volunteer a lot with Bridging the Gap. I've been volunteering with Bridging the Gap for in major leadership roles, but yeah. she wouldn't say. Yeah. And they're both credentialed. I'll, I won't interject any more in the podcast, but I just need to, them to know. we got to fluff you up here. That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. Great. Well, usually we're involved in music and uh, kind of creative ministries. And then I do a little bit of teaching and speaking on the side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but we've got five kiddos ages 12 through two. Everybody keeps asking me if I've got a baby with me this year for Thrive. I'm you like, do every no, year. I know. I do almost every year. And I just want to say no more babies. I don't have a baby this 
this year and we're done. We also have two cats. Our kids practically call them babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's me. Oh, well, it is really a huge honor and just privilege to be able to chat with you guys. I admire you both so greatly and just the way you let the Lord lead your life and just the wisdom you bring and fun. You guys are a lot of fun, which everybody at Thrive knows and experiences. And before we jump into that theme, I just want to hear about you guys with Thrive. You've been emceeing and how long have you been emceeing? What are your favorite parts about it? Because some people think emceeing is like you just read announcements and it is so, so much more than that. There is prayer, there is preparation. And I just would love to hear from you guys a little bit about your experiences with it and your favorite parts. Yeah, you go first. You go, you first. go first. You go first. Younger okay. goes first this time. <laughs> well, well, I have. So I've been emceeing. Actually, my first time emceeing was the year before Thrive started, and, and that was just on my own. And that was the first time I'd ever done any emceeing. And then Susie and I have been doing it together basically since the Thrive started. I believe there was like one year in there that was like a gap year where you weren't there. I, I was speaking. I think Donna. Yes. Yeah, this was with Donna. Yes, because yes. I was doing the keynote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there was that one year. Yeah. Donna Johnson joined us, but we've been emceeing together basically since Thrive beginning in 2015. So mm. this is this is our ninth year. Wow. wow. Yeah. See, and I couldn't have answered that. I wouldn't have been, I would have just smiled and <laughs> waited for somebody to tell us. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I said this in the promo video that, you know, we travel around the nation and speak and... Uh, Emceeing is way harder when it's done well. I've seen it mm -hmm. done poorly, if I can just say that, you know, where people yeah, are reading it. cue cards and it's sort of rigid and bumpy. And uh, so for me, it's way harder than showing up where I'm getting my head and I've got my head in one or two messages. But the reason I keep coming back, one, is serving with this humble woman of God. She she just, uh, she does downplay her gifting. She is anointed. She is appointed. She's got a brilliant mind, a humble spirit. She's hilariously funny, so mm -hmm. quick and so witty. And I, you know, people tell me that they, they think I'm funny when I'm speaking, but I don't even hold a candle. To, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to stay on cue because there's a lot to manage when you're emceeing. Yeah. And she makes me laugh and I'm, I'm trying to stay on task. <laughs> so that, I know I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be obedient here, you know, but so that, that is just such a blast. But I, the team there are so spiritually minded that, you know, I've been again enough at events where there's times where the centerpiece is the centerpiece. You know what I'm saying? All the decorations are the centerpiece. Yeah. And with Carol's leadership and now Angie's leadership, Jesus is the centerpiece. Yeah. And I know yeah. that Amber feels that way and I yeah. feel that way. Yeah. And um, I don't know, when you when you see it done poorly, it, it's rigid and it's clunky. Mm -hmm. and, and I've seen them bring big names in at some of the events I've done and they're winging it. They're, it's the first, oh, I don't know, we're going to do this. And it's like they're, it's sort of a filler. Does it just make you cringe a little bit? It does make me cringe a little bit because, you know, I, I feel like there's a way to seamlessly pull the elements together in a super spiritual way. I mean, not hyper spiritual, but a really profoundly like where we're, we're cohesively, you know, we don't wing it. We really put a lot of thought. We have a long yeah, yeah. meeting. We talk about our notes. We're always texting back and forth yeah. until we come to this place where we're going, how can we seamlessly tie these elements together with the Holy Spirit and be continually nourishing people so that they don't even realize they're hearing transitional announcements. Mm -hmm. They're constantly being fed. And I feel like because the leadership supports that so much, um, you know, we just we're going to do it as long as they'll have us because it's such an honor. You know, again, for me, it's, it's more <clears throat> of a stretch just because I'm normally on the speaker side. Mm -hmm. But I love this team and my husband. He's he's like, you can never not do this because I love this family mm -hmm. so much. 
much. Mm-hmm. He loves, loves this family, mm-hmm. and uh, so do I. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, an honor. it really does feel like a family. I feel like we've we've approached emceeing as like we really want to put people at ease in the room, like mm-hmm. we're and just like laying out that hospitality. We're so excited you're here, and like let's all just relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll show yeah. you around, um, you know, help you kick back your feet a little and relax. And I know we've joked before, um, almost like referring to Susie as like the pastor. Like, the, <laughs> oh, like, oh but gonna, she is. That's like, so like, real. Like pastor us through this weekend and just carry us through. Yep. And like, I'll crack a few jokes and then Susie will clean up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just dance a little bit yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Slip that in there once in a while. Yeah. 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 Oh, hmm. I mean, you just said it beautifully. Like that's exactly what goes into it. And you guys truly do such a good job mm. of just creating an atmosphere. Cause that's what you're doing as an MC is mm. like creating this atmosphere, inviting mm. Jesus in at every single transition mm. and every single way. So I just, I love watching you guys up there mm. as an audience member. Wow. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it's, um, it's just so fun to be back every year. And so Amber and I are on the team that comes up with the themes every year, you know, and we sit in these Zoom meetings and hearing from women and we're just, I, what is God saying? What's God speaking to us? Mm-hmm. And this year it was pursuit. Well, it's actually funny because last year, you know, we think of it a year before and just to see how perfectly that theme lines up every year and specifically this year with pursuit and how much we need to go back to our constant, which is God and the word of God Mm -hmm. and how important that is Mm -hmm. and how much in a world that is loud and noisy and trying to confuse us and divide us that we have this one truth that brings us the life, the justice, you know, our joy and our peace. And I'm just so excited this year for pursuit. And I would just love to hear you guys to start us out, talk about when you think of pursuit and you're thinking of it in relation to God and the word of God, what comes to mind? What just really resonates to you? Amber, do you want to start? Mm, Yeah. So, man, this, I mean, I know I say every year, you know, this, this theme is my favorite. This one is, I swear, (laughs) this one is my real favorite. We'll hold you to it next podcast (laughs) next year. Yes, exactly. But I, man, I'm so passionate about the word of God. And I, I mean, I really do feel like it is so timely. Um, Like we have forgotten a little bit of who God is and what his voice sounds like and what his character is. And so when I think of pursuit, I think of God has revealed himself to us through his word and through his son, Jesus, Mm -hmm. as recorded in the word. And, and we, especially as believers, like we have got to know his character. We have got to know his ways and we have got to know his heart. And so so we've got to really get in the word. I, I, I think there's a lot, maybe like sometimes a shallowness, um, in our busyness Mm. where we're, you know, instead of getting in the word, instead of taking the time to dive in, we've got almost like a, um, maybe like, you know, bumper sticker theology or bumper mm-hmm. sticker faith where we, we are quick to grab the verse of the day, which is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I think when we have too much of that and we're not taking the time to really get in, do some study, read through large portions, get to know the heart of God. Um, we miss out on a lot. And I think I think we can go wayward a little bit with that, too. Um, cause it's, it's too easy to uh, misunderstand things or just get a little lost when you go shallow rather mm-hmm. than going deep. Mm-hmm. So I feel I'm just a huge, like, let's all get into the word this year. Let's mm-hmm. really take our faith up to the next level and get to know the heart of God in ways that maybe we haven't explored with him yet mm-hmm. through his word. Hmm. I couldn't have said it better myself. 100% everything you said. And, uh, you know, they say we're the most biblically illiterate uh, generation, and yet we have access to so much. And I don't mean for that to be shaming and condemning, but I do feel like the enemy's bait is distraction to get us to look Mm -hmm. to the left or right. 
right? Yeah. And scripture talks about, you know, his mercy and his, and his kindness. They chase after us. Psalm 23 says that. And I had a friend and I, who said this to me, and I've been saying it in some of the broadcasts that I've been doing that, because I'd had a pretty massive health relapse about eight years ago. And it was, it was terrifying, some of the symptoms and stretches I went through. And she noticed in me that I was bracing for impact. That I was still mm-hmm. worshiping God, still mm-hmm. seeking Him, still in His Word, but I was waiting for the next shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And she said, Susie, you can't, you can't, you know, if, if your default thought when you think of God is anything other than His goodness and His mercy are running hard after yeah. you, something in you needs to be healed and something mm-hmm. in your thinking needs is out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like our society is bracing for impact. You know, I, mm-hmm. I landed there years earlier and I, I thank the Lord for that because our whole world has been waiting for the next shoe to drop because of all of the unrest. And I've realized as I've worked super hard at imprinting his loving kindness on my heart of thinking about his character, understanding that I'm tethered to a really, really good God, uh, that you don't default to that. You default to worry, to waiting for the next shoe to drop, to bracing for impact. And that is where society is. And that's where much of the church is. Mm -hmm. And so as I've really worked and pressed into the Lord to go, I want to know you so well that when the enemy comes in like a flood, I mean, truly, I go, you've got the wrong man. I know. Mm-hmm. I know my mm-hmm. God. You know, like if someone were to come up to me and say, I saw Kevin at the local McDonald's and he punched a man in the throat, <laughs> I would be like, you got the wrong guy. I, my husband would not do that. And and I, and I the thing is, when you walk in a shallow way with God or even mm-hmm. follow him from a distance, the enemy will bait you into blaming God of things that the devil's guilty of. Mm-hmm. And you won't know the difference because you will be disappointed by your your hurts. You haven't resolved the parts of your story that are breaking your heart. And so I think to get to know the God of the Bible, to, to know that He runs after you. And so to, for you to run after Him and, and with purpose in every step, yeah. that to me is where the supernatural happens, mm-hmm. where you go, I know your character so well mm-hmm. that when the enemy tries to come in with a counterfeit voice, I'm highly discerning it that that's Him and that's not you, God. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps you weather the storms. And, and I don't think we're done with storms. And so I think the divine timing of this topic is equipping us so that we can be so grounded in Scripture and the Word of God about the character of God and enjoy the presence of God that we can walk through these next storms um, less shaken than we've been. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, Do yeah. you feel that in times of different seasons when there is hardship or you're going through a challenge and do you think that you you sorry do you feel that you are slowly like looking at the word of god differently do you mm-hmm. pursue god and the bible differently in those challenging seasons that's a great question 100 mm-hmm. percent, yes and um, i think every battle and every blessing is an opportunity for you to see that you're tethered to a good god mm-hmm. and so for me when i realized that you know that I, you can't at once brace for impact and live expectantly mm-hmm. with the lord you can't do both at the same time and i had to make a choice and so to spend these last couple of years especially transferring my perspective on Either you are who you say you are or you're not. Mm -hmm. And when I choose to engage my faith, not just give a mental nod to his character, when I read the scriptures, it comes alive because I'm I'm already showing up with an expectancy and a trust that he is who he says he is. And then I see his goodness in the word and I see his goodness in the world then, too, you know, and uh, in in, uh, is it Jeremiah 17, verse six and seven, verse six, it says, cursed is the man who's put their trust in man. They're like a stunted shrub in the desert. And the original 
original translation is closest to New King James. It says they'll not see goodness when it comes. So and that means if you're giving too much weight to anything, I'm a politician, a man, a man-made solution where your eyes are off God and on men. And either that could be my hope is in you or don't mess us up or you hurt me so bad. But you're giving all this weight. You're stunting your spiritual growth and then you don't see goodness when it comes. But the next verse is blessed are those who put their trust in the Lord and made him their hope and their confidence. They're like streams planted by streams of living water, trees planted by streams of living water. Their roots go down deep into the water. Their leaves stay green. They continually bear fruit. They're not bothered by the heat or long months of drought. So it's like they're they in and out of the elements. They keep flourishing. And I feel like as we learn to just kind of see the world for what it is and put our hope in God, we will be more sturdy. And I think that is, and Amber, I'd love for you to speak to this, mm-hmm. is when people will ask about the hope that's in us yeah. because they see hope on yeah. us, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, I mean, you had asked about like hard times. I know when I'm going through a hard time, getting in the word is harder for me, not just the the practice, the habit, but also how I'm hearing God through the word mm-hmm. is harder. That's true. Like when yeah. times are good, I feel like, oh, God's speaking to me every day through every little tiny thing he's reading, even, or I'm reading even Leviticus, you know, like, the, <laughs> like, there's a, like you know, you're getting everything in it, but like in hard times, it's not that way. And no. even in hard times, I know for me, I feel like the enemy can really get in Sometimes, even when I'm reading my scripture, which is so like nasty, um, but even like, you know, reading things and feeling a little condemned, which Mm. that's not the heart of God Mm -hmm. at all. And so when times are hard for me, like that's, that's what getting in the word can sometimes be like. But I love what you talked about, like when, when we're really pursuing God wholeheartedly, those, those roots grow deep. And, and I've seen that too, even for God speaking through his word as well, like in those hard times when I'm feeling that way, that's when I consistently go back to what has he said before mm-hmm. to me that's good. and specifically through his word. Mm-hmm. Like how, what has he shown me before? Like when times have felt good or things that especially that have been, I know that I know that I know that I know that he said this, he did this, he came through in a miracle sort of way for me. And so it's almost like going back down to the roots to remind myself, yep. oh, yep. yeah, this, yep. this goes deep. It's way down there. So remembering your history so that you know yes. that you've got a present and a future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. and the scripture very much tells us to remember, to remember, to yes. remember. Right. Yeah. And so remember good. the promises yeah. in the Bible. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something me and my husband talk about all the time where if he's having a moment and he's down, it's like, okay, well, what does the Bible say is true? Mm-hmm. Because everything you're saying isn't true. That's, right. that's not what the Bible says. That's right. So what is true? What mm-hmm. is real? Exactly. And what are ways that you guys, just like you mentioned kind of practical things of getting into the word, what have you found helpful in pursuing God's word, whether that is like, okay, I set aside this amount of time a day, or, you know, I am tracking in some way, maybe the Bible app, like what have been helpful strategies that you guys have done for someone listening who is like, I just don't know even how to start or what to do. Do I join a Bible study? Do it on my own? It can be kind of overwhelming. Very much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what have been things you guys mm-hmm. have done? Well, I know for me, I'm a big, um, context person, I guess, like the, the more scripture I'm reading, the better. So Mm I, my, I mean, if we're getting super practical, I try to read at least like four chapters a day. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm aiming for. And generally it's like, I mean, I try not to be rigid about it, but generally it's, I'm setting aside a time for me. It's in the morning, um, before my kids wake up. Hello. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But that also means I need a lot of coffee. So it's more like lots of coffee, sit down in the quiet. And this is the only time in the day I'm going to have quiet. And I'm, 
just reading through, um, you know, on a larger chunk of time where I'm really seeing like what's going on. And then I just sit with that for a little bit and let God speak to me through that, like sitting in silence. Solitude has become mm. huge for me too. Mm. And just letting him speak through the word that way. Um, and, you know, and I try different things every once in a while, like a new way of like listening to um, like exegetical preaching. That's like the kind of preaching where it's going through the chapter and is breaking about mm. this is mm-hmm. what was happening in the history. And sometimes I'll pull out my study books and give geek out on something because that will also make it come alive. But usually my go-to is like, just give me a large chunk. And I try to just pick a book and I read through the book and I'm kind of random on what I'm reading, what book it is, but I go all the way through the book and just sit with it for a period of time meditating on it. And then I move on to the next book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some might not like this first part of what I'm going to say, but it's just my honest answer. But reading plans don't work for me. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They don't. Uh, They work great for my hubby. But what it's so funny is, you know, being working in radio and having different leaders on, it's oftentimes Christians will make a rule out of something that works for them. So Mm -hmm. I'll hear those who love the reading plan saying everybody should do a reading plan. And I just think that's just never true. Just Mm -hmm. because something works for you doesn't mean, you know, but it, it just it kills me because it's just it quenches like the, the flow for me. Mm-hmm. So I do it similar to Amber where I'll sit with a book. Sometimes I'll sit with a passage for two weeks, a yeah. short passage. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, one of my favorite commentaries is Dr. Warren Wearsby's Old and New Testament commentaries. They read like devotionals. Then I've got three or four study Bibles, different study Bibles, different translations. And but I, I, I always say keep it fresh. Do what you need to do to keep it fresh. One of my favorite answers was from when someone had called in our show and asked, how do you read the Bible? What should I do? Where should I start? And one of the pastors that was on the show said, somewhere, anywhere, in between the front cover and the back cover. (laughs) (laughs) Read somewhere. And I don't mean to say go random. I think it is really good to go deep. But I think if you make so many rules around it, you can really quench the fire. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, for me, I get up in the morning and I'm empty nester, you know, so I can do that where I get, enjoy a good couple hours, but I start with a worship playlist because I want to mm-hmm. enter its gates with mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I love the Lectio 365 app. I love it. It's like five minutes, but it's so sacred. Mm-hmm. It's just sacred. I, I, we had Pete Grieg on the show, and it's just amazing. I love that. So often we'll start them with that. I might open up my journal and write a listening prayer. I have an instrumental kind of a soaking worship mm-hmm. playlist, mm-hmm. and it's made for that. It's You mm-hmm. can tell that they're spirit-filled people that have put this soaking music together. So I just have that playing in the background. And um, I love to start with Psalms because there's so much in there about the glory of God. So I might just hang around there for a little bit, and then I'll go to one of the books that I'm reading, you know, what, what books of the Bible. And uh, and I, I, I read until I land on something. Sometimes that happens right away. Sometimes it takes chapters and chapters to get there. But my goal is to hear from God, is to, is to get a sense that He's breathing on something for me. And... Uh, and that, to me, that's what keeps it fresh. But I don't ever want to feel bad about it. There have been times where I've returned to a small passage of maybe four verses mm-hmm. for two weeks straight mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just living and it's breathing. And I'm paraphrasing and praying it, but that's how I own it and how it becomes mine. So that works for me. Have you heard of the BTG Leadership Conference? Bridging the Gap believes every woman is a potential leader, and we have designed this conference to invest in your leadership development. Whether you are an experienced marketplace, ministry, or community leader who is wanting to continue to grow, or you would like to begin developing skills and networks as a future leader, this almost 24-hour event is for you. Mark your calendar for February 9th and 10th, 2024 at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. We'll have main sessions with speaker, pastor, 
podcaster and writer Portia Allen, multiple workshops, story time with Pamela Steinley, networking opportunities, exhibitors, and fun, all to encourage your leadership potential. In addition to our regular cozy up north activities, we're adding a horse-drawn wagon shuttle to the bridge shop. We'll also have the breakfast buzz, bingo, and you can get your headshot updated by a photographer. It's going to be a power-packed, fabulous event that you and your team won't want to miss. This year, you can also extend your stay by adding Thursday and or Saturday night lodging onto your ticket. This opportunity allows for more time for reflection and strategizing with your team or simply for extra rest. Register individually or as a group at mnbtg.org leadership. That's mnbtg.org leadership. We'll see you there. I'm really glad you brought up like the worship piece because I think you have to learn and figure out like what environment and yeah. what what ways do you hear from God mm-hmm. the most like the clearest. Everybody's yeah. different. Everyone's yeah. different. For me, the times I feel the most connected to God and hear from him the easiest is during worship mm-hmm. and at 2 a.m., which is kind of annoying. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Imagine what would happen if you were worshiping at 2 a.m. Worshiping at 2 a.m. <laughs> instead of telling my kid to get back in bed. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like I figured that like if I am waking up, this happened to me just a couple days ago where I woke up every couple of hours and it was 2 a.m. and I said, okay, what God? All right, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, I needed to pray for someone specifically in that moment. But it just was like, you have to figure out your times because then I'm like, well, I heard it at 2 a.m. I didn't come up with that myself. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it must be, Mm -hmm. you know, it must be God. So I think that's a key point too, is Mm -hmm. figuring out like, do I need to have worship music on to really just remove distractions, to invite the spirit in that way? You know, what do I need to be doing or what are moments that is just going to make it easier to soak into God's presence? Yeah, I love that so much. And I'd also say like, if you do have a playlist, turn your phone over and push it away. Mm-hmm. because uh, I want you to imagine if you're out to, like let's say you and I were talking and I kept pulling out my phone and you're trying to come mm-hmm. converse with me and I'm checking texts and yet God feels like that all the time mm-hmm. because we're oh just one second I gotta you know yeah. and I, I just think it's good to create some sacred space so whatever you can do to push the phone away I, yeah. I need my playlist I because I, I love that worship mm-hmm. is I very much yeah. connect with God that yeah. way mm-hmm. but then I kind of get the phone out of the way and, and yeah. sit with God yeah. yeah I will say too like I've learned that the pursuit changes very much or has changed very much for me throughout my lifetime, the different seasons I've been. Because I mean, you you talk about getting woken up in the night with kids. Like, okay, hear me clear. I am not a morning person. I am a night owl, mm. or at least I always used to be. So I would have my best time spending time with the Lord and reading scripture at night. And that always was the case for me. And then I'd go to bed and whatever. But then I had kids. And you know, when you've got littles, it is really hard to find even a moment to, you know, complete a sentence, (laughs) much less like get time away with the Lord. But God taught me something really valuable in that season. I really had to dig my heels in and fight for my relationship with God. And so that's when I started getting up really early. And again, like not like it's prescriptive, but just the you may have seasons where you really have to fight for your relationship with God. And it really is the most important thing, like, you know, even more than our health, like it all starts with our relationship with God. Amen. That's when I started going, okay, I'm going to do the thing I absolutely hate. And I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. And I'm going to sit in the dark and I'm going to spend time with the Lord then. Um, So learn, learn what you need and how to get what you need 
to spend that time with God. I love that you said that because I, you know, I do remember what it was like with three little boys, 18 months apart. And I remember getting 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there and battling Lyme at the time really badly. And I, I remember just telling God, I got 10 minutes and I'm going to look at this as a tithe of the time because scripture tells me that if I pray your will, I can know that you hear me and that I will have your will. I know you want time with me. I want time with you. So I know that I'm on biblical grounds to say, Lord, I'm giving you this 10 minutes with a full belief you're going to multiply you're going to mm-hmm. and you know he does things contrary to nature like allow your kids to nap longer than they usually do <laughs> and, or play nicely in the corner or something yes. and he i you know because what i was hearing back then from a lot of leaders is oh go easy on yourself you got little kids you'll be able to have quiet times when they're in school and I, I never want judgment or rules or rigid religiosity but I feel like you really are bypassing a supernatural invitation because mm-hmm. you need him then as much as you need him when they're grown you need him every hour yes. and so with a, with an earnest heartfelt cry to go I want time with you you are my lifeline you are my source yes. so Father I'm giving you this 10 minutes and I'm telling you as I did that same thing just content He literally parted the waters and allowed these moments where our kids would just play longer. And what's really amazing all these years later is that God has somehow carved out our jobs that allows us very significant time in the morning. I don't know how he's done that. We both have very big day jobs, but somehow we have time together and God has protected it. It's like almost become this ironclad protected time. Not to say it doesn't get disrupted once in a while, but as a rule, I feel like we're still walking in the fruit of that fight from when when our kids are little. Yeah. yeah, I had so I feel like God gave me a promise actually that's like just like that when I was in that season because I would get up early and then I remember a handful of mornings, maybe half the mornings, where I'd be barely into it and here come my kids down the stairs much earlier than I was thinking and I just felt like oh, like here I've made this time this is so hard and now it's getting interrupted, um, but I one time God spoke so clearly to me reminding me the story of Mary and Martha, mm. you know, and here comes Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and there's there's a portion in there where Jesus says, you know, she has chosen the thing that is better and it will not be taken from her. Mm, So I was feeling like what I'm getting is not enough. And Jesus saying, no, it's enough. Like if they're coming down and they're interrupting, it's enough. I've given you everything you need. This won't be taken from you. That is so good. Oh my goodness. Someone needed to hear that today. Yeah. All right. Like Susie says, someone text me an amen. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'll text. (laughs) Amen. There we go. Yeah. Well, I, I just remembered this that happened to me two years ago as you were talking and it came to mind that it was actually at the Thrive Conference two years ago. We were in worship and in this season of my life, I had finally like quit my day job and was being able to pursue ministry. And so at this moment, it's like I'm writing, I'm speaking, I'm podcasting all about Jesus, right? Like God and doing all of those things. But I had never felt more disconnected. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting and I couldn't figure out what was happening. And so I'm sitting in, in worship at Thrive and I'm like, what's going on, God? You know, just speak to me. And he just said, you've been so busy pursuing your calling you forgot to pursue me Mm. And it was just this like mm. this gut punch and beautiful reminder mm. of I was so busy, you know, getting the messages ready, writing, doing all these things, preparing for podcasts. It's like, when was the last time I opened my Bible and like just sat in God's presence mm-hmm. and and did worship and just had that time? And I feel like a lot of people in ministry might fall into that Absolutely. where you're going yeah. and going and going and you forget yeah. to actually pursue God yeah. and yeah. pursue his character. Has that been something you've ever experienced? Well, I will tell you. I 
you know, just having worked in radio for 16 years and having interviewed some people that had, I hate the phrase claim to fame. I hate that because I just don't think it belongs in Christianity. But you know what I mean, where people have, you know, risen and shot out of the cannon and were very public and, you know, A-list on the book deals and all that and then had very public falls. Mm -hmm. And I was able to talk to a few of them after going, can you tell me what happened? And they were so broken. And they said, I got so busy working for God, I stopped walking with God. Yeah. And that's crushing. I mean, truly, especially in this celebrity driven society, yeah. it's like they, they took the bait. That has put the fear of God in me, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. I do feel just maybe a tiny bit of a tangent, but I do believe there will be an account that the Western church will have to give to God someday, making a name yeah. for myself under the guise of Christianity, yeah. because you can. And it's sickening because it's yeah. that's not how Jesus led. It's not how he loved or served. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that early on, you know, really, um, really put the fear of God in me. I, you know, I don't want to be so busy working for God. I don't have time to walk with him. Yeah. He's our best thing. Yeah. You know, he's our best thing. It was yeah. such a good reminder for yeah. me in that yeah. moment to be like, what is yeah. my source? Come on. What is, Amen. you know, he yeah. gave this calling to me for a reason. Yeah. And so I have to, I need him yeah. in yes. everything, yes. in every season, in yeah. every word. So it was, it was yes. the fear of God yeah. put in me. What about you, Amber? So, it's so easy to do. And I have done that. Like mm -hmm. I have been one who has, it's really easy to confuse what I do for God as well that is building my relationship with God mm -hmm. because I am obeying him yeah. in what he has told me to do or called me to do so that's so easy so I mean for one thing don't hear that with condemnation because it's no, so easy no. to do. Yeah. I know, like, I have learned for me, especially since, like, I, I can be a people pleaser for sure. Like, I want to meet everybody's expectations. And so especially in the church because it's the church, you know. So I, that, I was very easily confusing that. So for me, I have learned or God has taught me, hey, in spending time with the Lord, this is especially the place where I am sitting to receive, like, God wants so much to give to us, to love on us. And when I'm so busy serving, I'm I'm missing what he's trying to pour mm -hmm. into me. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I, it's almost like I have to really think about switching my brain. Like even spending time with God is like, this isn't something I'm doing for. This isn't, this isn't a means to an end. Because, yeah, oh man, right. I can do that. Oh, like, all yeah, of us, I'm yeah. I'm reading yeah. the mm -hmm. Bible to give something here. Yeah, like I'm a content creation it. moment, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, no, it's yeah. like, this isn't for anybody else. This is for me and my heart. Mm. Yeah. You know, she, that's such a good point. I th and I think we all can, McKelty, get there. And we all do probably wander in and out of there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I think it is good, as you're saying, to be so sensitive to the why behind the what. You know, yeah. why am I doing this? Because God knows. And yet it's amazing. His mercies are so abundant and so new. And that even times, you know, when you commit to something you ought not because you were running so hard and that seemed like a good opportunity. I, I've been there so many times where I'm thinking I ran too fast, you know, and uh, I said yes when I wasn't waiting on the Lord to get a capital yes from him. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow, some way, he still showed up and, you know, gave us the strength we need. I, I marvel at his mercies. We're not going to get it right. You know, we're not. We're not going to get it all right. But to be mindful of our hearts and the why we do what we do is so important. And that's yeah. why I think just pursuing after him yeah. is so important because 
he is so good and he's yeah. so kind mm-hmm. to us and patient. I, it, yes. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you didn't get right this time, but that's mm-hmm. okay. This is yeah, what we're going to do you. with it. I love yeah, you. We're going to yeah. figure it out. That's and right. It's those reminders that you need to have. You have to yeah. have constant reminders. And yeah. just like I said, the noise and the chaos. And that's why I feel it's so important to be in a community yeah. of women yeah. and, you know, men that are just going to help pursue us forward too and encourage Amen. us. And what are your thoughts about the difference of really having that individual relationship with the word of God and God, but then also diving into the word of God as a community. You know, what are some of the pieces of that? It's like this important to do both of it. Uh, Well, maybe it's not important to do both. I don't know. What are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all the way. Well, I know, I know, I mean, in every area of life, by my left to my own devices, there's trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, pretty sure uh, I know what this verse means. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to go shopping. Exactly. Exactly. Like I, I mean, we can all go astray on mm-hmm. our own, right? Yep. And that includes that includes with the Word of God or in your own relationship, like because we're flesh, right? Like yep. we've got we're broken people, and we can go astray. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, surrounding yourself with a group of people to both, you know, do life with and share your faith with, and you know, rub shoulders you know, share scripture together. And what are you thinking about? What's God speaking to you? That goes so far. And especially to help you, you know, not go off on a tangent somewhere where you're not supposed to be. And, you know, so, and not just for avoiding the bad, but also for the good. I know I I have certain pet things. Like there are certain things about God or certain things in scripture that I just, you know, they're my favorites. And so I'll go back to them over and over and over again. Um, But when I'm surrounded with a group of people, then I'm hearing things that, you know, light up, light them up. Mm. And so I, you know, in community, I think we're getting so much mm. more of the variety that is out there. And, yep. you know, all the, the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ in community. Love that. Yeah, you're getting, you know, everybody had, brings a, a portion of a revelation, a portion of God's burden to the table. I think mm-hmm. that's so great. And I also think that the, you can't become who you're supposed to be without community. You can't. Mm-hmm. And I would even take it a little bit deeper than just coming together to study the word together. I think that's important, but mm-hmm. obviously important. But I think uh, attending to the inner life is yeah. really, really important in light of scripture because yeah. you, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And uh, like Dr. Kurt Thompson, and is um, brilliant, brilliant. You got to read some of his books, and yeah, he's amazing. But he always says, you know, you want to be in a community where your your mess can show, and the people in the community are saying, "I'm not going to leave the room. I'm not leaving the room. I'm here with you in the long haul." And I think that's when the gospel you see it for as potent as as it is, where there's a few people in your life that you're not keeping secrets from, that you're being honest and raw because you apply the gospel. And this is like, I just read this, and you know what? This is what the Lord showed me. That's the living, breathing, you know, rhema, you know, word of God and the ruach, breath of God, right? Where you are, you are with people in the mess of your life and you're safe because Jesus is safe. You know, he, he invites sinners felt comfortable around him. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, we, we were talking about the pursuit of God and the pursuit of his word, but I think you can pursue the word in absence of God and you become Mm. a snubby, Mm. stiff theologian. And, uh, I remember, you know, Corey Timbo was one of my favorite faith heroes. And uh, when she was making the, the rounds after she was out of her prison 
camp. You know, she had her little comfortable shoes on and her dumpy little suitcase. I mean, I just remember pictures of her with a little bun on her head and she was going around speaking and she happened to speak to some academians and I'm not dissing academia at all, but I'm just saying in this context, there were some scholars who were looking down their nose at her and they said, what gives you, how, what credentials do you have to be traveling the world? And she just smiled as they're talking to her and talking down to her and she's reaching in her little dumpy little person. I just think she was so cute. Anyway, she opened up this little chocolate bar and she broke it off and gave each a piece. And gentlemen, why don't you have a taste of my my candy bar? It's good, isn't it? And they're like, oh, this is very tasty. And she said, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good and I'm not going to stop talking about him. And I love that so much. I just think that that to me is the power of community with the word and, and doing life together so that you literally are transformed from the inside out. Yeah. 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 Well, you just released a book. Susie, yes. And mm -hmm. I feel like it may have, you know, some similarities to what mm -hmm. we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to give you a chance just mm -hmm. to share about the heart behind the book. What's what is it about mm -hmm. um, for people listening who don't know about it, who could really be encouraged? Thank you. That means so much. Yeah. Well, the title is Closer Than Your Next Breath. Subtitle reads at the top, Where is God When You Need Him Most? Mm -hmm. Closer Than Your Next Breath. And it's all about the presence of God. And I answer a lot of questions like, uh, where is God when you need him most? Is feeling good? the same as feeling God. Um, what good is his presence if I can't feel him? Mm -hmm. How do I grieve the spirit? How do I quench the spirit? How do I steward those breakthrough moments when he does speak? What, like mm -hmm. I have a decision to make. What am I supposed to do with that when he breaks through and you know it's God? And then how do you navigate the silent seasons without coming under any kind of condemnation or shame or discouragement? How can you remind yourself that you're still tethered to a good God and his presence is your good yeah. even when you can't feel him? So things yeah. like that. I, I love it. My prayer is that it becomes a healing balm for people people. And it really circles back to how Amber opened the podcast that it's when you know you're tethered to a good God, you can navigate the times when you don't always hear him, you know, because sometimes you run into people who seem to have a corner on his voice all the time and there's no dry season. But I don't I don't believe that's true. Yeah. I, I'm always cautious when people talk like that um, because everybody as far as I understand goes through silent seasons and he and I think if you think that you might go from one sensational event like I say you chase the sensational and miss the supernatural mm. where you go from event to event because that's where you've heard him last time but he's in the nooks and crannies of life and if we could just get comfortable with that he's here he's closer than our next breath and learn to enjoy his presence and understand that he enjoys us I think it'll it'll heal a lot in our Amen. Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. Well, as we're just wrapping up, I would love for both of you just to share one final piece of encouragement or advice or nugget of wisdom, you know, for somebody who is sitting and listening today and just feeling like I maybe it's I don't know where to start or maybe it's I just feel like I'm just losing my pursuit. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling tired. And I just feel like maybe it's a one way phone call and just That's lost. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys just want to share, it doesn't matter to me who starts. Oh, man. Well, I would just encourage people just to take a step of faith, um, especially if, you know, if we're talking about getting into the word and reading scripture. I know for a lot of people it can be really intimidating. Um, you know, because we're far removed from the culture and the time and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of things maybe don't make sense, but God knows that. And the word is alive and powerful, as it says. And so, and, you know, and he knows where we're at. I, like, I think back to when I was a kid and I was first starting to read my Bible. Um, you know, I, I was reading, I believe it's in the book of Haggai. 
And there's a portion in there where God is just speaking love and promise over his people. And he says, you know, on this month, on this day, from this day forward, I will bless you. And Mm -hmm. I was a kid reading that and I went, that's my birthday. Mm, Wow. Wow. (laughs) And like, okay, so this sounds silly, but hear me out. God, that's not what that means. And, you know, it wasn't written for me. That's not what it means. But God used my simplistic childlike faith Mm -hmm. in reading the word. And he spoke a promise to me through that of, I see you. Mm -hmm. I know you. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I wasn't necessarily maybe trying to understand what I was reading. But we're, we're, we're wanting to hear from God. And God will meet you in the pages and he will meet you where you are at. And so I would just encourage people just to, you know, put him at his word and take a step of faith and get into the word and see if he will meet you there in whatever form. Mm, so so good you know I know for me that whenever my spiritual disciplines whatever they are fasting praying reading journaling become ought to's and should do's and not a get to it's always for me because I've lost sight of that God loved me first Mm -hmm. it's always like if it becomes an ought to should do because I've lost I've stopped meditating on the love of God and yet scripture tells us so we know and rely on the love of God which means we perpetually experience and encounter the love of God to the point that we've come to rely on his love Ephesians says to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God. So when it feels like a one-way call, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, so I would start there. And one of the things, uh, I'm I'm sorry to keep referring to some of these guests that I've had on, but they're so brilliant. But Dr. Tim Jennings, I think his book is The God-Shaped Heart, but he's a brain neuroscientist guy. And he gave this assignment to my listeners that I give to your listeners now, McKelty. He said, if you spend 15 minutes a day for the next 30 days, just pondering the love God has for you, nothing else. Not your love for him. If you want to do that, do that in a different 15 minutes. But maybe you do it through a playlist, a worship playlist, or you compile a bunch of scriptures about the love that the Father has, that he sings over you, right? But you spend 15 minutes a day pondering God's love for you for 30 days. He said it literally will change your physiology. Mm-hmm. It'll change your brain structure. And of course, it'll change your faith. And, you know, we want to be with people who love us. We want to be with people who sing over us. And if you feel like it's a one-way call, I guarantee if you start to pay attention and retrace your thought patterns— they're not about his love for you. They're the inner critic. They're the enemy's condemnation. It's all of that stuff. But when you get back to he loved me first and he loves me first every day, you'll want to hear what he has to say. And you'll want to get in his word and read it from a perspective of a father who loves you, a son who died for you and a spirit who resides in you. And that will make you want to get out of bed every day. Yeah. You know? Amen. Yeah. So good. And so encouraging. So I just, um, I hope that encourages those listening today. And I know it will, because I feel encouraged. So, (laughs) well, thank you both so much. I mean, I am ready for a great weekend. It is just going to be so much fun at Thrive. So let's go. Let's do it. If you have not come to Thrive, you need to, to see these ladies on stage because they do such a good job Mm -hmm. and really do pastor us through the weekend. Mm -hmm. So thank you both so much for coming. Honored to be with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridge in the Gap podcast. We are honored to hear from Susie Larson and Amber Gersman on The Everyday Pursuit. You can learn about Susie and find her talk show, Susie Larson Live, and other resources at susielarson.com and by following at Susie Larson Author on social media. Learn more about Amber and find her resources at wideopenspace.com or by following her on social media at Amber Gersman. You can get connected with Bridge in the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the 
Bridging the Gap app through your app store and by following MNBTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridging the Gap podcast.